watch a movie, then record themselves talking about the movie. You're listening to the movie Winking. On today's episode, they are Justin Brown Durand and me, Matthew Durand. that like lots of directors would probably be like that's one of my favorite movies <laughs> probably right yeah my impression is it's one of those movies that when it came out it got kind of middling reviews and it didn't make any money that doesn't surprise me and then but like it, it's kind of gotten reassessed huh. over time well part of it is because it's John Borman um, well, and then he proved himself later with like Deliverance yeah Deliverance and, and Excalibur um, <laughs> Yeah, depending on... Is Deliverance his... Oh, Hope and Glory. Hope and Glory. Was a big deal. Yeah. Like awards-wise and stuff. Yeah. So, this is like one of his early movies, right? Yeah, so I was was reading about this a little bit. So, it it came to be in kind of a strange way, where he had made one movie prior to this, which was... It's called Catch Us If You Can. I haven't seen it, but I've been... I've, I've seen it described as basically like... Kind of a ripoff of a Hard Day's Night, but it's about the Dave Clark Five. Oh, weird! Because <laughs> at that time they were considered what like. Did they even sing? Like uh, I get them confused with Jerry and the Pacemakers. I don't remember. But at the time, like there was kind of this idea that like they're one of those big groups like the Beatles. Yeah. No one knew that the Beatles were gonna kind of go into their own realm. Yeah. But anyway, so he did that, and somehow he ended up getting put on this movie. Um, that's so, that's the cat chewing, not me. Yeah, that's not I'm, that's not just. I'm not punching on bugles while matches. He ended up getting put on this movie, and at the time, Lee Marvin had just won the Best Actor Oscar like what? a year or two previously for this comedy western called Cat Baloo, starring Jane what? Fonda, where he plays two different characters, Cat and Baloo. <laughs> Weird. I, but um, I, I but so he he was a big like Lee Marvin was like a big deal at the time. Okay. And so he he was doing this movie and was basically given final approval over everything, um, like the equivalent of like final cut. And he they had this script. John Borman didn't like the script. Lee Marvin didn't like the script. Hmm. And just in them getting together and talking about it and what they wanted to do and stuff. So Lee Marvin basically went to the studio and said, so I have I have final control over everything about this movie, and I'm just going to hand it over to John Borman. Whatever he says is fine with me. Oh, so John so Borman like ended up like having like final cut on his first Hollywood movie. Um, wow. Kind of out of nowhere. And, and um, so they were both working with a script that they weren't terribly interested in and just kind of using it to... Um, yeah, it feels very. Okay, I'm looking online. It's based on a pulp novel. Yes, which was also okay. the basis for years later a Mel Gibson movie called Payback. Oh my god, that's so funny. While we were watching this, I was think I started thinking like, I wonder what's up with Payback, like the Mel Gibson movie. Just, Why? I, because I was thinking about revenge. Do you want your money? Well, and, because yeah. no, I was thinking about yeah, just like. Have you the, seen Payback? No, but I okay. remember the trailers. It's like mid, like late '90s, maybe. Yeah. Mid '90s. And, you know, this movie is just, you know, just, that's what it is. It's just like a, it's like a revenge. It's almost not even, though, because it's just kind of like... How so? Like, there's there's that whole thing at the end where he's just kind of like, I want my money. And, and the guy's like, 
you don't do this over just some money. What do you want? And he, he just seems like, I, I just really want my money. Like, yeah, he's, he's, oh, he's like, such a weird he's, character. He's just kind of this weird, okay, like, there's that, but like it, but, void at the center of the movie. But he, <laughs> like, well, in regard to that, this is very much one of those movies that, like, I, I liked it, but it, but it's one of those... That's Sony doing something else. That's my cat digging in the litter box. In the other room. We don't put the litter box near the podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> don't You're not going to get any on you. This isn't one of I those... I know it feels like, like like you can feel it. There's no, no fecal contamination. He's an old cat and he's having a little party in the litter box. <laughs> um, but this is very much one of those movies for me that like doesn't really have any like humans in it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, I, yeah. I, 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 no, it, I, I 100% keeps, agree It with really you. keeps you at arm's length, like, like humanity-wise. Yeah, there's nothing it's to, very there's ab- nothing to identify really, with. I almost identify most, like, the one that, the person that actually comes across to me most as an actual human is the, uh, the guy that double-crossed him, the friend. I don't know why, something about oh. the way he act just, acted just felt most like a regular person. Even though he was super weird, too. Yeah, he... But like, yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say um, something about... So that's John Vernon. Um, What's up with him? His voice was familiar. Like a voice actor, almost. He's done some voice acting. Really? Um, yeah, and like a deep kind of... He actually... This is very random, but like a year or so before this, because this was like... It, like it gives him an introducing credit in this, because he had, he had just done little like stage work and like little parts and stuff before. Oh, okay. But um, a little bit prior to this, he had done a bunch of the voices. The cat is standing right in front of the microphone. It's almost like we have one of those like, like microphone covers. <laughs> Sony, like you're a, a windscreen. Like a, a windscreen or a dust. Now uh, his ass is pointing right at the microphone. Can you hear? Can oh, you hear Sony. his butt? <laughs> um, Sony, do you want to say hi? Sony, come over here. Don't yeah. stand right in front of it. Say hi to the, the people. Uh, Sony, <laughs> what do you want? I gave you so much food already. Come I, here. Love, I love him. Come here, just come. Oh my god, he's so heavy. He weighs thirty pounds. <laughs> Um, you can't prove he doesn't. Oh, what was I going to Oh, so John Vernon... So you've seen that weird, um... That Marvel Submariner cartoon that I have yeah, the movies of? Yeah, that's yeah. just like... Just like drawings from the comics with like a yeah. little bit of animation added. So he did a bunch of the voices on that, including uh, the voice of Submariner. That must be what I know it from. But but he does that in kind of this higher... Like, like this weird, like, you know... I'm being strangled by these... Bo- I don't know. But, Does um, he sing the Submariner song, you think? Probably not. Um, but uh, he's also... Most people these days, if they know him... Sony, just don't... <laughs> just, I feel like you're blocking the microphone, Sony. I think he probably is. I think that this section is going to be muffled because the cat's Sony, in front of the mic. what do you want? I'm going to give him more food. we got to fill up the cat with food to appease him. Ugh. Get to appease the fluffy god of, of cute catdom. Um, he's um, Dean Warmer in Animal House, which uh, I've never seen. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I watched that last year again, and yeah, okay, I recognize him from that. Right, 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 right. And Carol O'Connor, of course, is Archie Bunker. Yeah, he kind of comes from out of nowhere. And he's very... You know, <laughs> I love... Like, here's the weird thing about this movie. Like... 
is it supposed to be funny? Because I find a lot of it kind of funny in a weird way. Like I didn't think it was supposed to be funny. Like that wasn't my impression. Just in the sense of like I don't at all get the feelings from it that I feel like I'm supposed to get from this kind of like sort of actiony revenge movie like that weird part where, where he shows up and Carol O'Connor's like he spins around and he's like you're a bad va- bad man Walker a very destructive man what do you think you're doing like it, it just kind of seems yeah. like uh no I mean there's definitely humor in it but it, do- it but I think or just the, it feels very playful like at the same time that it's cold and like yeah. inhuman it just kind of, like, it makes sense to me that they didn't like the script, because it just feels so like they're weird. screwing around. Like, that weird scene where, um, when Walker goes in to his wife's house, and they have this conversation where she's the only one talking, and he's just kind of sitting on the couch, like, staring off into the, like... At that point, that's it, probably, but like... But she's, like, she's, like, answering questions he's not asking. Yeah, like, she'll talk weird. and then pause and they go, Money? Yeah, I get money once a month. Like, um, at that point, I was I was kind of questioning. Like, that was maybe like I don't know, twenty minutes into the movie. Yeah, something I, like that. I was thinking, like, wait, has he said anything yet? Like, he never says anything to her. <laughs> no, I mean, just being through the whole movie, I was just like, wait, has this guy said oh, anything? Because yeah. I think in the beginning, before that, it's mostly just like it, the movie dives right in with him, like. You know, it's one of those movies that, like, jumps right into just, like, throwing you into the middle of the action, you know, like, the yeah. plot. Well, it starts and, but right it, with but it, getting But shot. not just that. It's yeah. also, like, handled in a very kind of, like, uh, non-linear, all mixed up yeah. way, you know? Um, and he's just kind of doing voiceover stuff, like, what happened? Where? I'm in a cell. What's going <laughs> on? Like, I feel like that's the, the most of the talking you hear from him for, like... A while, yeah. It's a really weird performance. It's a really weird movie all around. Like I don't know. It's got so much like, like jump cutting and like time is compressed in this weird way where he just goes from one location to the other. Yeah, and it's just it's just really strangely edited for mostly for for a movie from this era. It's like nineteen sixty seven, right? Yeah, it just feels very like ahead of its time. But I mean, John Borman is a super weird director. Like, <laughs> he is. Zardoz yeah. is crazy. Yeah, Zardoz is crazy. Excalibur is crazy. I've never seen Excalibur. Deliverance is um, pretty crazy in its own way. I, guess, I mean, it's, it's yeah. a more straightforward like like plot, but it's but I mean, the plot itself is pretty like upsetting and like it's. Yeah, you know, that, that, like the whole like squeal like a pig thing is like such a part of of like everybody yeah. knows that it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, like, but I, I feel like Deliverance doesn't feel like he's like working against the material in the way that he does. No, and it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like artsy fartsy in any way. But but it's still a pretty fucking weird movie. You know? Yeah, like, I haven't seen Deliverance in a long time. And also, like Burt Reynolds doesn't have a mustache in it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's really strange, strange by itself. You know, that's weird to see. So you you liked this movie though? I did. It's not. I'm, you know, I'm kind of surprised. My, I mean, even though I wanted to watch it with you, um, I think for the reasons that you were saying about about finding it like that, there isn't really any like humanity in it to like like grab onto or anything like that. I think that I felt like that was gonna be more 
maybe be more off-putting for you than it was? Like, you were just going to have a hard time yeah, I finding it. it interesting. It, it was, <clears throat> but it was so... I mean, I got bored a little bit here and there, and I, I, I didn't know what was going on all the time. I, like, I just, like, swallowed my pride and just asked you what was going on a few times. Because I have a... Like I said in, in one of the earlier podcasts, with, like, crime stuff... Yeah. Or, like, like just the plots of, like, action movies or crime stories. My brain just, like, doesn't, like, grasp the, like... And I have this thing with, like, old white guys in suits all just <laughs> looking the same to me. And, yeah. like, I get confused about who's who. Um, like, I'm not even going to really bother going into the, the stuff that I d didn't ultimately understand because I don't really care. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it. I don't care. The other thing is, some level, did they so, care? I don't know. I don't, they did. I don't like, know. It seems like they kind of whittled um, it down to the minimum amount of, like, you know, I don't know. You know what's funny is earlier today I asked you about this movie, um, and you said it was Lee Marvin who was in it. Yeah. And I was like, he's not a leading man. I don't, I don't watch a Lee Marvin movie. Like, yeah. who is that? I think in my head... Well, you know what's funny? He kept he kept reminding me of Johnny Carson, certain shots of him, which is funny. But in my head, Lee Marvin is the pilot in Airplane with white the white hair. Like, you ever seen oh, the cockpit of a plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember that guy. Have you ever seen name. a grown man naked? That guy? Yeah. Well, I don't want to watch a movie of that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, so, aesthetically, yeah, like, the way he looks... Yeah. And, like, the style of this era and, like, the, the like, it surprised me that I liked him. Like, that his performance worked for me. Like, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought I was just going to kind of, like, you know, have to sort of endure watching, watching a lead character that I had no interest in. But his performance was, you know, the backstory you gave about um, the production of the movie. Yeah. Really, um makes a lot of sense to me because his performance feels like an actor who doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, that he, yeah. was, that he was riding high on some kind of, like, um, reputation and, and like, some kind of final say and all this stuff. Yeah. It makes sense to me because his performance is super weird. <laughs> like, like, that... I, I have a hard time explaining even what was so strange about it, but the thing that you were talking about... When towards the end, once yeah. he once he had killed a bunch of people and yeah. gotten like close to the source that he was going for, and and Carol O'Connor was like, "They're not going to give you the money." Something about the delivery. Dude, somebody's got to pay. It, he just it, he almost got like childlike. He was like, yeah. he was like, "Do you just want the money?" He's like, "Yeah, I just want my money." It's that that is such a weird place to end up like it's so like you feel like he like the movie dives in right from the beginning yeah it's like all this like intense violent like y usually in a movie like this when there's that much like violence and like vitriol yeah like not that he, i mean he doesn't emotionally he doesn't have a like like a lot of passion or anything but but usually in a movie like this there is some kind of like like linchpin of like you know emotional uh you know turmoil and depth and i it really is weird that it just comes down to him being like oh god i don't have my money yeah kind of want, i just kind of want my money like usually a movie like this like i would imagine in payback there's somehow <laughs> with mel gibson being like 
like so intensely wanting payback. Yeah, you know, like but some this, kind of emotional <laughs> thing. But this really does just seem like I, I want I want them to pay me back. And the movie, like, and when he finally gets to the point where they're about, where he can go get the money. He just—he's just standing in the shadow. Yeah, he, he disappears. He disappears into the shadow. It is so strange. Is he gonna, yeah, like it, it's almost like—is he—is this like a Forrest Gump or something? Like, well, I feel like he's like this sort of like. Well, okay. I can't tell if he's like all there. Well, here's the thing: the movie starts with him getting shot a bunch of times, and then he somehow escapes Alcatraz. People spend yeah, he the whole swims movie away from saying that he's dead and telling him he's dead. And the whole movie like, is like, I, like, like I mean, the whole, you know, it, 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 could, but you could, I'm not saying you could treat it as like this dream he has as you he's could, dying. You could. But it's almost like as though it was this movie about a ghost that wants money. And like, because, uh, what's her name? Chris, in, the Angie Dickinson character. At one point she's like, what would you do with the money if you got it? Like... I missed that. You know, yeah. When she when she's talking over say? the intercom, he doesn't say anything. He's in a different part of the house. But she, yeah. she's just like, why don't you just lie down and die? And like, oh, yeah. there is this thing where he just keeps. I just want my money. Like, it's just kind of like he's like programmed at that. Like, like to be in a movie like this and doesn't really understand it. So and then at the weird. end, where there's like, here's the money. Like, it's not even exactly like he like. It's not quite like he's, like, achieving something, but it's also not like he doesn't take... Like, you don't see him, like, leave without the money. He just kind of disappears yeah. into the shadows and is still there, I guess, when the movie ends. Or does he just kind of cease to exist? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, um, I have to say, like, I've seen this movie a few times now, and when I first saw it, I didn't like when it. Did you, when did you see it first? Like, oh, a long time ago? I, I don't know, maybe like five years ago or something. Okay. But I feel like I kind of I, I actually my reaction to this is very similar to how I used to feel about Blade Runner, where I feel like I went into it kind of thinking like, oh, kind of like actiony. I, I think I was expecting it to feel more like, oh, there'll be like rising suspense and things like that, mm -hmm. and it'll build to like this, but. Similarly to Blade Runner, like, like, there's this weird kind of, like, strange feelings of, like, dissatisfaction and boredom and, like, grimness in the characters. And, like, also weird kinds of, of, of like, playfulness. Yeah. And I think I, in, in both cases, I didn't know what to do with it at first. Mm -hmm. Like... But now that's a lot of what I really like about both of those movies. Like, I, like, I really like, um... Just how how strangely the movie goes, and and uh, um, oh, I was gonna say something I did not notice until I watched the movie this time. You were talking about like you know Walker's killed all these people to get where he's going. Who does he actually directly kill in this movie? Let he doesn't me. kill anybody. Really? He doesn't shoot anybody. He he beats some people up, and other people like kill each other. Yeah. I mean, you could say that John he, Vernon falls off the roof. You could say that he kills John Vernon. He basically throws him off the roof. He he kind of pulls away from him, though. I don't. But right before that, he was talking about forcing him to help him, right? Yeah. So he wasn't intending to kill him at all. Or he yeah, wasn't intending to know. kill him then. Yeah, but I, he, I assume that he kills a bunch of people. And there's this whole thing where at the end that he, Fairfax, who's also he's the guy who calls himself Yost earlier in the movie, but he's like, I've been looking a long time for a man like you. 
But, like, what does he actually do? Like, he, he just kind of, like... I feel like the way that the, um... Like, he's not really an action star in the, this movie. <laughs> the way that I'll, like, there's weird flashbacks, like, peppered through the movie. Yeah. Like, even just, like, flashbacks to, like, earlier in the movie. You know, there's just all the, like, all this time stuff mixed up. I don't know. It feels like, uh, you could make the case that the whole thing does, is kind of like this weird dying fever dream. Yeah. Know? Which but I it imagine does, some It does feel that done. way. And I feel like it's yeah. satisfying that way. Like, I think it's obviously open-ended. Yeah. But, like, I do kind of like thinking about it that way. It's kind of fun to, like... Yeah. To think of the whole thing as sort of just a dream. I, I think... Like a Mulholland Drive kind of... Exactly. Thing. I feel like if it was... A, a, it's like a... If it was a little bit... If it was a lot weirder... It's yeah. like a David Lynch movie if it, if you made it much uh, easier to understand. <laughs> um, I think that they handled the violence really well. I really liked like all the violence was really good. You know, you say he didn't kill anybody, but he totally intended to kill. Uh, what the hell is the guy's name? The, the, the guy that he threw off the Mel, Mel Reese when he first. Oh, the when first, he shoots the, the first place he went when he went to his wife's house or wherever that was and went to where his wife was yeah. and like jumped in the door and like grabbed her yeah. and then he like jumped in the room and like 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 kind of sh- jumped at the bed and shot it a bunch of times in yeah. a really great like strange way I mean he told he was trying to kill it's not like he, it's not like he's this character who's like not really trying to kill no anybody. no I mean but I, it is weird that he doesn't he didn't I, actually kill anyone when he keeps threatening to kill people if they won't cooperate and stuff like I believe him I just never really noticed until this time that that he never actually directly kills anybody that's weird yeah. I mean it's like when he pushes Carter out like he knows Carter's gonna get shot like he knows what the setup is there yeah. like um but it's just it's just weird that he he doesn't actually shoot anybody. I don't know if after he shoots the bed, does he even shoot anything again? He shoots the phone. Yeah. yeah he, shoots the phone. <laughs> he shoots objects. I, uh, you know what scene was really good and really strange was when he went to that club oh, and there was that like that funk was, band. There was like this, playing it, on this no, loop. that was weird. Yeah. That was like, that was like I feel like it like predates Krautrock or something. You know, like it was. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it was, that was, it was awesome. I feel like it was supposed to be like let's get like a James Brown sounding thing, but make it kind of like weirder. Yeah. Was I, I don't know. Was that just like a failed attempt at like something more normal, or was it supposed to be insane? I think it was, it was just supposed band. to be pretty weird. Well, because it was this there's... band like playing this like endless like loop that didn't change, and this, the like, singer's just kind of vamping and going yeah, and like yeah, and the singer is like. And it goes on for like ten minutes, probably. And it's really good. I liked it. And uh, uh, what else did I really like about this? Um, um, so, like, Lee Marvin um, was uh, <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm getting tired. That's okay. Um, I don't know, I'm just surprised. He was really good. I feel like I feel like now, like, like I okay. I see his face. Yeah. I don't want to watch that movie. Yeah. I just think that movie's not for me. And I feel the same way about, like, uh, for example, Charles Bronson. Right. But I have not... I've never actually seen Charles Bronson in a movie. So it's very unfair. Well, 
I I find Charles Bronson in theory very unappealing. Also, I think but, it's just the styling, the haircut, the mustache. Well, people, wait, people from like the seventies look, look like wait, filthy to me. But imagine Charles Bronson without a mustache. If he's in the seventies. I just feel like everybody looked kind of, like I feel like the products that were given to people to clean themselves from like the mid sixties to like the through the seventies <laughs> like didn't work or something like everyone's hair looks kind of dirty. It looks like I feel like it, it must have something to do with the lighting. Yeah, I think that's it too. The the film quality is all like the color of it is a little. Uh, the, I was thinking something like because Angie Dickinson, I think was. You know, pretty much considered like like a sex symbol to some extent. A bombshell. But the movies that I've seen her in, which admittedly is not very many of them, something about the combination of the '60s makeup and the lighting, like, I kind of feel like she just kind of looks like makeup. Like it's sort of hard for me yeah. to imagine like what she actually looks like under there. Right, right. Um, was she the, she was his sister-in-law? Yes. That character. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, um, what was disappointing is when we first put the DVD in, the menu was sitting for a little while, and oh, there was that the crazy menu music. had inc- insanely, like, tense, like, anxiety-inducing <laughs> strings pl- or something. It was, like, really, like, like a sustained... Yeah, it built to this loud drone that lasted for, like, a minute. Was the CD just skip it? Was the DVD just stuck? No. That was insane. I was kind of disappointed that, like, that... I don't remember that actually happening in the movie. It must have at some point. It must have been mixed. But um, uh, I feel like the the music in the movie was like really good and like set an interesting tone. But it kind of faded. Like 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 somewhere halfway through the movie or something. I feel like it turns a little bit more into a more normal movie. Yeah. Which is still worked for me, but I just feel like it got less weird, sort of, yeah. at some point. Um, the the just thing that sticks out to me everything. the most is um, during that really strange part after his wife commits suicide, where there's this weird time compression where her house empties out. Yeah, and that, like, like where yeah, he's like, walking around and, and, and like her, her, her mattress is all stripped, and there's just a cat there. Yeah, it's really weird. And then suddenly all the furniture's gone, and everything's like painted one color. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of like, stuff that I, makes but, you think that but, it's like. But during that part, dream. there's just like this female voice singing on the soundtrack, I like this kind that. of like. There's definitely interesting like sound it, it, uh, um, sound editing music. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm happy that you... It was kind of this thing where I, I don't know what made me think of it recently, but um, I had thought of it in the past as that it would be an interesting movie to talk about just because it is it is so strange. But I think I kind of went into it kind of like what Ashley was saying about high art, where like she really wanted like us to watch it and talk about it, but at least with me, she was, she was expecting me to... to Hate it, maybe. You're expecting and I wasn't me to expect- hate this. I wasn't expecting you to hate it, but I think I was expecting you to maybe be bored with it a lot of the time, or mm-hmm. or just kind of feel like there there wasn't a lot to hang on to. I feel like there's been movies I've shown you in the past where you've been kind of like, hey, I I see why you like that, but I can't imagine ever wanting to watch it. Like what? Like, um, I feel like you said that about Prince of the City when we watched that, that there was oh, yeah. kind of this feeling of like, like there was, there was a lot of stuff to like about it, but sort of like overall, what's the appeal of watching this? Like, yeah. Is um, that a getting older thing? I mean, you said you were watching 
Martin last night, right? Yeah. And during the first like mur- murder scene, yeah, I was had, really bothered you by ca- it. But you, but you also mentioned that you had that feeling of like, why am I watching this? I feel kind of like, or like, like, do I need to be watching this or something? I feel like as I get older, I do have more of this feeling of like, you know, you settle into kind of like what you like. Yeah. And maybe that's, I mean, it's limiting, but it also is this thing of like, yeah, yeah. Do I need to like Prince of the City? I don't know. (laughs) You know, like, do I care about what happens to these crooked cops? Like, I mean, that's different than a murder scene upsetting you, but like, I feel like my capacity for like, um... Like, I need to be dragged in a little bit to, like, to movies that are outside of my, uh, kind of normal taste. Do you mean point. dragged in, like, like someone used to kind of force you to watch it? <laughs> or forced, do you mean something like, tell me the movie itself has to like, drag you I, I don't know. Just, you know, when I was younger, I feel like I watched a lot more random movies. Yeah. And, um, like, now I feel like I don't give as many kind of, like, movies that I assume will be sort of, like, artsy and, and strange. I don't really go for them as much I think I am more just kind of looking for like stuff that just makes me feel good or, like in kind of a more yeah kind of predictable way <laughs> no I mean that's uh, but I never that is kind of this like same. standard like getting older thing or something cause I mean for, me for, with, for a lot of people with this movie like I totally like well first of all like I said with this one I didn't like it the first time I watched it. I don't even think I liked it the second time I watched it. But it, but I kept coming back to it somehow. Right. Like, it, it kind of stuck in my head. And I, I feel like at some point I started to appreciate it more. And I feel like if it was a straightforward movie about this guy looking for revenge, yeah. it would not be interesting to me. Even if, it, if the action stuff was more traditionally, like, ooh, well-choreographed action, like... I thought it was well-choreographed. You know, no? Um, well, I mean, a lot of it, like... I like how in these older movies you can see what's going on all the time. Yeah. Like when people punch and fight and stuff, like the camera's just, like, static. Yeah, but, but yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, like, I, I feel like what makes me enjoy this movie is that it feels like people screwing around with a story that, like, like it makes sense to me that they were like, ah, I don't like this, Let, let's kind of... Yeah, tweak yeah. it in a bunch of ways because I, I feel like what's lying underneath it is not on its own something I would want to watch and I feel like it would feel like much more of this kind of like oh he's such a badass like you're watching him like be a badass or yeah, yeah. and it doesn't really yeah he doesn't really seem to feel much of anything <laughs> like yeah does he even smile ever maybe in the flashbacks a little I think he smiles during yeah, that he's scene drunk. where he's where he's yeah where he's drunk and he's flirting and they're suddenly surrounded by smiling dock workers. That was weird. And no, no one I, talks. I was thinking of the thing where he where he sees his friend, who, the guy who had oh, double crossing him, um, and they're both and he's like, wait, what, what is up with that scene that it keeps showing with them on the floor at a party with his friend on top of him. Like yelling at him about about the heist. Like, well, that's so. I don't know why it is that it's yeah. It's funny to me that there's these two different scenes. There's the scene of them reuniting, and there's some other scene where they're both like at some party where it just seems like it's like three thousand like drunk men in suits and ties crammed into a little room. Um, but yeah, it's when he's saying like these people owe me money. They're gonna kill me. You gotta help me. 
and like he's like he punches him down to the ground and is like on top of him shouting it. But I really like during that that like he's he's like in this panic and like screaming in his ear, but it keeps cutting to later on where they're actually doing the heist and he's remembering what he said to him but when he remembers it he's speaking very calmly yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) like that's good yeah it's such a strange choice oh i I kept meaning to say earlier um something about john vernon in this movie reminds me a lot of leslie nielsen yeah Um, yeah like the like the frank drebin kind of like he, he says everything in this very uh very yeah. Frank Gibbon. And that was actually part of why I didn't like this movie the first time I saw it, is I thought John Vernon was ridiculous and kind of a terrible actor. With John Vernon? The guy who plays Mal Reese. Mal Reese. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I just thought he was so like weird and over the top and stiff and stuff that that I, I felt like it was making it harder for me to take the movie seriously. I'm making air quotes. Right. Um, Whereas now I kind of feel like, as opposed to what, like, like yeah. what in the rest of the movie is he ruining? Like, what's what's he fighting against? Like, look at the rest of the people in this. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Like, everyone just seems like they know they're in a movie and are just kind of like, you know, know what I really, I, I really like, um, respond to in movies is. Um, there was a thing it's funny it was only just in the beginning like during the kind of opening sequences when there's um still shots yeah that's I like I don't even know why I like it it just feels like intense and like like and they were they weren't like even dramatic really there was a lot of really weird editing choices like especially towards the beginning of the movie yeah like that whole like well one the way that it just jumps right in to everything feels very like like a lot more modern than, yeah. than 1967 and also I was really like struck by that scene where he's walking down a, a echoey hallway oh yeah and his feet are making like you know are, are loudly like clomping down the hall and they continue and, yeah and yeah and it just becomes like soundtrack to like other um, things that are happening that, yeah. feel, that feels so like stylish and like it just feels like of a diff- of a later era. Yeah. Um like that's, that feels like something from like not even like from like the nineties or two thousands. Like it, it feels like very modern to me, just this the editing choices. And, yeah. I, I think actually something maybe one of the reasons that I, I I was not as into this movie at first is it used to have a feeling to me that it kind of got steadily less interesting as it went along. And I think part of that is because the beginning is so disorienting that I found it kind of almost frightening. Like, yeah, it's pretty sense. Like, so the very beginning just starts with these like these like sustained kind of like scary like violin music. Yeah, it's just like red, and then it's that weird flash forward to later where he's standing in front of that like weird psychedelic projection for a second. Oh yeah, and then it yeah. goes from there to him getting shot, but then. After he survives, air quotes again, getting shot, and he's escaping, yeah, there's this weird mix of, like, regular shots and freeze frames. There's this really disturbing, to me, freeze frame of him kind of, like, 
sort of like like down on on the floor. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking and about. And there's like this really harsh light on his face that looks kind of like when people hold a flashlight under their face to be scary. Yeah, I guess it was pretty dramatic. There's another yeah. shot that is really strange to me where it looks like a freeze frame of him climbing over the fence, but there's birds flying by in the background. Yeah, it's weird. Like, like I mean, it, he's like a still photo in that, right? Like, he's not just hanging out on the fence. Like, it looks yeah, like he's bird, a photograph. Are the birds moving? Yeah, there's there's birds flying by behind okay, him. Okay, yeah, because some of those still shots, I was, I was confused about if they were still or not. It's really... I don't know. Um, but, like, I, 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 yeah, I started out the movie in yeah. this kind of feeling of, like, it made me, like, uneasy and kind of like, oh, this is going to be, you like, know, a crazy nightmare. And that, it turns into something else as it goes along. But, but I think uh, what, what that, this movie, and I, I, I do think it turns into something else. And for me, it does get a little less uh, exciting. If it weren't for a few really great moments yeah. in the second half of the movie... I would say that it like loses me, yeah, compared to the beginning. Um, but uh, I think the beginning especially has that feeling that you get when you're watching a movie and you like realize that you're. So- this is this sounds cheesy, but you realize you're kind of like in like this special director's hands, <laughs> you know, like like yeah. like the feeling when you first see Pulp Fiction and just the text scrolling up the screen and the and the, oh yeah and the Dick Dale playing and you just feel like oh my god like somebody is in charge here who like yeah I'm excited to to like you know be in their uh, hands or whatever yeah and I I think this had some of that stuff. Like it doesn't, you know, it's not dramatic the same way as as that Pulp Fiction text. But I think when you use uh, the title cards, you know, when you use the, the the titles at the beginning in a deliberate way, yeah, it can be so like, like uh, I don't know, it just stirs something in me that's hard to explain. Like, sure. Like for some reason that I think they already said the title of the movie, but then they say it again. Oh yeah, yeah like, it, says, like, like, it says point blank co-star. Yeah, like, like then, earlier it says yeah. point blank. Yeah. Then like five minutes, ten minutes later or something, after all of this like crazy stuff yeah. happens, yeah, it says it again. Yeah. The thing about that is just really like does something for me. Well, I, 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 I get it. very much that feeling um, at the end of um, like Dario Argento movies where the credits start with like you have been watching Suspiria or yeah, like stuff like that. It feels like I, I I'm kind of I wonder. Other directors as like an homage to that, or if, if that comes from some other movie. But like, I, I've never seen a non-Argento movie that has the "You have been watching this movie" over the credits. And I feel yeah. like I feel like if I made a movie, I'd be tempted to rip it off. I've talked about this before, but like scrolling text and big text, yeah, like big title, like The Outsiders. Seriously, like I know that movie is like. Like sentimental goop. I haven't seen The Outsiders, but but in, the, in, but, in its but it's got ever. this like, it's it's got this Stevie Wonder song that he wrote for the movie called like Stay Gold or something. Yeah, and it, it's like so over the top, sappy, sentimental that it like yeah. is this other realm, you know of, and yeah, and the text and is just, it over like a sunrise or something. It's got or? like this golden sunrise kind of image, I think, and, and I don't know if it's simultaneously as the text. I think the text probably crawls across and then like all of the like a playbill all of the characters names are on the screen at once oh wow like it says like the greasers 
Then it says the Soches. And it feels, I, I don't know, I think it's, I mean, this is this whole other realm, and I sound like an idiot, that, like, no. that, like, typography people could get into. And, no, no. I, but, like, there's something so great about when that stuff is used in, like, a thoughtful, dramatic way. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember the, um, uh, the, the title of, um, what the hell is that movie with, Cruising? Cruising? Yeah. It's called Cruising, right? <laughs> Cruising? Uh, the the opening credits of cruising. Sorry, I think I, just... I think cruising scrolls by really big, and it feels like really yeah. intense, you know. And I feel like that alone makes me like that movie like seventy five percent more than I would have. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I like I must have talked to you about this before, but the the whole opening title sequence for Dead Ringers, yeah, it's, like it's really something like yeah. th- that very much. Like specifically, like like you said about this, is there's this feeling of like, like that you're in the hands of somebody with like a like a vision in. Like I, I remember like like Dead Ringers starting and within like ten seconds being like, like this is gonna be really good. Like I, like I is, totally trusted. Yeah. That, like I was in good hands with it. Does Dead Ringers? It starts with the thing with them as kids, though, right? And then it has the credits? No, the credits are first. The credits are first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, credits can really, like, set a tone. I've never thought about it in that term, but those terms, but I think there are movies that, like, just the credits working for me, and it might be even true of end credits on some movies, I don't know, but just the the opening credits working, I feel like can push a movie, like, like, elevate it way up for me. Like, yeah. if Pulp Fiction, honestly, if Pulp Fiction just, like, started and, like, or, like, didn't have any credits the way a lot of, like, artsy movies do from the last 20 years, you know, like, I feel like... Well, I feel these like, like, I feel almost like, no, like, big movies have, like, opening titles, even. Like, yeah, you don't even see the yeah, title. Yeah, I feel like you can even go to, like, an Adam Sandler movie and it just jumps in or something. Yeah. You know, like, so many movies just don't have pay any, like... You know, and at one point that that was its own kind of like exciting, dramatic thing to be just like, here's a movie, and like you don't. But I think at this point it's like it it's not interesting anymore. Yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to go through um, and think about all the movies that have title sequences that like really get me um, excited. That was actually something. I mean, this is a more minor version of it, but like, you know, the the Marvel movies that I've somehow ended up seeing almost all of them, yeah. <laughs> even though I don't like most of them. Um, almost all of those, you don't see the title until the very end. Really? Yeah. Boy, I don't, like, it usually, like, come, like, uh, I feel like most of them, it it goes into the end credits, and they'll, like, say, like, the director and stuff, and, like, the main actors, and then it'll finally show the title. Yeah. Like, two minutes into the end credits. But, um, I remember when I went to see Thor Ragnarok, there's a point where... The Ragnarok. The Ragnarok. Um, the title actually like comes on in the middle of this this like like wacky sequence with them like teleporting through space or something, and it like comes on and it's this weird bright kind of like garish logo with this like synthesizer music playing under it, and it right away like it sets a tone in a way that I think is helpful. Where, yeah, because because I think like Mark Mothersbaugh did the music for that movie. Oh, yeah, hmm. yeah, it's like 
I think it, it's like one of the only ones of those movies where the music is actually like distinctive because it's it's got so much like synthesizer yeah, yeah. stuff in it. But I was I feel like that kind of gave me a sense that they were like, yeah, we're kind of trying to have fun here, you know, and, and yeah. like we've got an aesthetic. Like I, I like how even just showing a title in a certain way, like yeah, it, it sets up an aesthetic. It really I does. Yeah, I mean, like. Obvious, obvious example, like one of the biggest ones, like the Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, like, imagine if those didn't have a title until the end, or yeah, or, or just like handle it in any other way, like yeah, like that. I mean, it's even a bummer that like the 20th Century Fox thing isn't part of it anymore. Yeah. Like I'm used to it now, <laughs> but like that was a nice kind of build up, even you know, to. Uh, yeah, it's it goes into it so naturally. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it's weird. I, for so long, I like didn't even occur to me that it's like two different, two separate pieces of music just kind of yeah. smashed together. Because I, I'm actually like I don't like most of the John Borman movies I've seen, even though they tend to be interesting. Like yeah. I don't remember liking Deliverance the last time I saw it. Um, I don't really like Excalibur. Um, Exorcist Two. Oh, that's terrible. It's so good. Um, I didn't like Hell in the Pacific, which is another movie. The Emerald movie Forest. Marvel. Have you seen that? I haven't seen the Emerald Forest. I haven't seen Leo the Last. Have you seen the cover of the, the video for the Emerald Forest? Probably, but I don't remember it. Oh. But anyway, um, but I really like Zardoz. Although I really, I don't know if I, I still can't tell how funny Zardoz is supposed to be. Does it matter? Not to me. But but I think Point Blank is the John Borman movie that I like the most. For reasons that don't have to do with kind of like entertaining bad movie weirdness. Although thinking yeah. about a movie like this, it makes me wonder: Is Zardoz like a more self? Because Zardoz is so nuts. Like, yeah, it is. Like, now did he get how to... goofy is Zardoz? He, to he got to make Zardoz because Deliverance was a completely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Which makes me wonder, like, what I'm curious what he thought of Deliverance. Like, if he would, if, although, if you think about Deliverance, like, did anyone imagine that it would be this, like, big acclaimed, like, it's a, weird. it's a strange, the 70s like, were weird, though. Like, like when I first saw it, I think I assumed that it was some kind of scuzzy B-movie that, like, because like, I think I first heard about it from that, that, uh, Dance Macabre, that, Stephen oh, really? King book where he talks about horror movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I got the impression that it was some weird, yeah, like some weird scuzzy B movie, like Dementia Thirteen or or like. Um, I mean, I know Last House on the Left has a big reputation, but I don't feel like it's it's not the kind of movie where it came out and suddenly they were like, "Oh, Wes Craven, what's your dream project? You can do it now." <laughs> you know, it's more kind of like, "Oh, you're." you're your your garbagey like sleazy movie that you made for like a hundred dollars made two thousand dollars <laughs> job you know yeah. like um last house on the left probably made a huge profit for i wonder if it was a big like drive-in kind of thing or was it just like but um but i don't i think justin's going to crawl under the coffee table now i don't know what I he's gotta doing find Matt, I like so to soon. i like to move around the room and feel my body while i talk <laughs> Um, you know what's funny that I started thinking about <clears throat> with all the violence, the guns and shooting in this movie? No squibs. Did you notice? Oh, it's a squib. A, a little mix. explosive blood pack thing. 
It's very that, like, that doesn't uh, feel as, like, like, yeah, but this is still of that era where they didn't use a lot of squibs, right? 67? They, they had started to. No like, way, like, 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 when was Bonnie and Clyde? Yeah, but that was, like, weird. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it, I feel like it looks, the thing about you saying it looks ahead of its time, it looks to yeah, be, like, like, a movie we, yeah, it feels that like would movie, have, yeah. uh, more gore in it or something. I wonder how they shot that thing with the guy falling off the roof naked. Like the green, like the oh, blue screen thing. Oh, that's such a strange him, like, I'm just trying to think of like how they actually had to shoot that. <laughs> yeah. Like to get that special effect. Where he's mad. It's so weird because he doesn't, he falls like he's made out of like 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 a solid person or something like like he just kind of drifts down and like 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 softly settles onto the road yeah. where a car is hitting him like yeah. a lot of people uh, get killed in this movie like really carelessly like like i was really surprised that like his wife od'd yeah and he's like let her die he was just like yeah whatever and then like that guy falls off the roof and he's like yeah okay and then when they kill, like, Carol O'Connor, that feels kind of, like, sup- I just feel like a lot of people, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of people die in this really, like, sudden kind of, like, who cares sort of way. Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, there's a lot of, oh, go ahead. But I was thinking about violence and guns and movies and stuff, and how it's funny that, like, in high school, <clears throat> you know, I had, I had a poster of that put that image of oh, Taxi Driver of um Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver yeah. like pointing guns at, at you and you had a poster in your room of like the reservoir dogs people killing each other oh yeah it just seems so funny to me like like that why would I want to hang out up and look at Where look at that those well that's part of it too is that you just kind of buy whatever you can get your hands on. We probably, I don't know, yeah. probably like Newbury Comics or I something. Know, I don't even remember but, ever being a huge Reservoir Dogs fan. Well, that's the thing is, I don't, I mean, I like Taxi Driver, but not like, like, why is that an image I'd want to like look at <laughs> in my bedroom, you know? Like, uh, like. It's going on a murder spree. Yeah, like, it's really funny to um, me. Uh, or like, why would you want to wear like a <laughs> Clockwork Orange t-shirt? I guess when you're that age in like, like, it's kind of this way to, like... I don't know, it feels good to, like, like wear... Like, like kind of show off that you, like, are I'm into things. Mainstream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but then when all the... Pop, then when all the... All the cool guys see a Clockwork Orange and like it for all the wrong reasons, Ugh. it's like, oh, yeah. I don't want to wear that shirt anymore. <laughs> I feel kind of vindicated by the fact that Stanley Kubrick was horrified by... The, did, like, did they really ban that movie in England yeah like you it wasn't shown in England until after he died I think what the fuck like I think basically like at his request that's interesting but like I mean he did a good as fucked up as, as the stuff the people in that movie are doing yeah he shot it in such a way that like it's it's like a that movie has like a like it doesn't surprise me that that actually in reality that like teenagers would, would like artsy teenagers would be like I want to wear a clockwork orange t-shirt yeah even though it's a movie about like murderers and rapists and stuff like it it's it like yeah it's still like a cool movie that's so fucking gross to say but like you know it's just like artistically it like well felt it like doesn't ex- really it felt like exciting it doesn't really feel like any other movie like yeah. it, 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 it feels like you're kind of being introduced into this like I don't know. I mean, that kind like phase in my life, like it was, it was always just so exciting to 
anytime you discovered a movie where you got the sense of like, oh, this feels very different. Yeah. Like, I feel like just from the cover of the Clockwork Orange video cassette, like yeah. that weird kind of like multi-level Triangle image, thing. you can tell that it's going to make you feel weird. I feel like for me, that goes back to seeing Dune for the first time when I was really young. Yeah, that was weird. And just feeling like, like oh, like some movies go for a very different experience than the yeah. movies I've been watching up until now. Like, and Dune, this goes off on a whole other thing, but like prior to Dune, it hadn't really occurred to me that like someone could make a whole movie where just the day-to-day -day life of the characters in the movie kind of felt like this weird, cold nightmare. Hmm. Like Dune is so <laughs> cold and and I mean that's another movie with complete lack of human like normal human yeah interaction like, like just the way everything looks in Dune feels like uncomfortable dreams I would have like everything's like 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 there's no like warmth it's very or claustrophobic like, too like you never see like someone just walking around on some grass or anything it's it's always just like Weird kind of spaceships that are ground. kind of furnished like like strange like rich people's like dining rooms or something. Like, yeah, it's a really weird. Movie. Um, but isn't Sean Young in that too? E yes, yes, she is. She's in a lot of movies that lack humanity. <laughs> weird. Yeah, you know what I was gonna say. I did. I don't actually. Oh, in Blade Runner, she's not human. I know. That's... Well, I didn't know you were gonna say that, but that's why I said because <laughs> he's in Blade Runner too. Yeah. Um, um, I think I was probably like ten. No, 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 no. I was probably eleven or twelve when I saw Clockwork Orange, and I, I was. It. That is a weird movie. It is weird. I don't know. I feel like I almost like shouldn't like it like on principle or something because I what I was trying to say before which I didn't say successfully, is that I feel like it's so stylized and, like, interestingly kind of presented and shot yeah. that I feel like it doesn't surprise... Like, the, the the people's reaction to it actually doesn't surprise me, that I feel like it, it does, like... Is glorify the right... Well, not glorify. It, like... <sighs> Jeez, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. If you want to write in and let me know how to describe it, <laughs> that would be really helpful right about now. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope. A headshot, too. Care of... Um... Yeah. I was going to say... I I'm getting sleepy. Maybe. I feel like I'm, Maybe. I feel like I'm falling asleep. Um, Cause I, I think just this movie's... I think Point Blank is, is kind of funny. I gotta say, no. I think it's. I think it's funny. Um, Did I say it wasn't funny? Or I don't know. I think we were talking about. Uh, I I, I am getting sleepy because I can't remember how we were talking about it earlier. But um, just the whole weird thing where he's like interrogating that guy Stegman by like driving badly and like I really like that part where he keeps stopping and starting really suddenly and going like yeah. wires. But um, just the weird dismissiveness like you know, kind of that like oh, somebody's gotta pay me thing I really like um after after Mal's been killed and he immediately just goes down to the phone and to like call the next guy that he needs to ask for his money 
And he like he hands some money to to Chris, and she's just like, "You really did die on Alcatraz. See you, Walker." And he's just kind of like, "Yeah, see you." Like, like he's already like just <laughs> yeah. totally. And then like later on, when they go to Brewster's house, and she's like, "So what's going to happen? He's going to show up, and you're going to ask for his money. He's going to say no, and you're going to kill him." And he's like walking down the stairs, and he's just like, "Yeah, something like that. I don't know." Like, like he's just so like. Yeah. I, 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 no, I, I, I agree really that, about that it is funny, but I don't think it's like funny to the point that it like makes a joke of. Yeah, every, like the movie doesn't feel like a, a joke or something to me. Like, but it, like it doesn't feel like a, a a movie that's like like Zardoz. I have to kind of wonder like, is this a failure on some level? It's it's a really strange thing. Like of just the movie just starts with you know this guy that got fucked over. Yeah, and he just kind of dives into like this like weird quest for retribution and money or whatever, and. Yeah, three quarters of the way through, I like. I felt like I was just kind of wondering, like, how could this end other than him just killing everybody and getting what he wants? And then the way they ended it was by him <laughs> not taking what, like, they offer him what he wants, and he doesn't even like. Again, another movie. If they had had chosen a similar kind of path, it would have been him like turning down the money in some kind of defiant yeah. gesture. But he just, he just like, melts into the shadows. It's yeah. almost like he just kind of becomes a shadow. And the, and the people who, who are, like, waiting for him to take the money are just, like, they're, like, yelling for him to come out of the shadows. And they're just like, I don't know, let's just go. Let's just leave. Yeah. Just leave the money. Just leave it here. Yeah. That's the end, right? Then it just cuts. It just, yeah. Then it, it just, just like, pulls, it like, pulls back. And you get the credits, right? Yeah. So weird. Yeah. And I... I He's so, yeah, and the fact that, like, when he backs away, he's just kind of inscrutable, you know, like... What's that mean? Like, you you don't know what he's thinking a lot of the time. He seems almost like he's not thinking. He's just kind of this, like, force that moves through things. Yeah, like, 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 I, 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 I love the part where they're having that... Con- he, he and his wife are on the couch, and she's doing all the talking... He's just, like, sitting there with the gun kind of hanging weirdly from his finger and just kind of, like, his mouth's open a little bit, and he's just kind of, like... This is interesting. Okay. Like, okay. do movies no, no. anymore do this kind of thing where they, like, purposefully withhold things that you could use to, like, identify with the character and, like, root anymore. for their, like... Uh, it, 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 it's so strange to just base your movie around... Like, it's such an interesting way to to do things. Uh, I feel like um, it's confusing to watch because you kind of feel like you're watching this movie about this like anti-hero sort of character who's like, you know, you're like on his side, right? Yeah. You like want him to get revenge. Yeah. And and so that you know that puts him in this kind of strange heroic role, even though yeah. he's fucked up stuff. So that makes you think that he's like, there's something sort of powerful and like smi- I feel like that what I'm trying to say is I feel like there's times in the movie where I'm suddenly like wait is this guy even is he smart is this guy kind of <laughs> simple minded like when you just say he's sitting there with like his mouth hanging open like just kind of, like there's all these times where he's not talking and you assume that that's this kind of like stoic wise masculine like knowing presence 
But in some ways, I wonder if he's just sitting there, like, with nothing to say, with nothing in his mind. Yeah, like, just waiting for some stimulus that he can respond to, yeah, like, because it gets him closer to getting his money. Yeah, like, like, in reality, he's this guy that got sucked into helping with this heist, right? Yeah. So he's kind of just this, like, side man who they thought they could trick into being, like, that kind of tells you something in some way that, like, sure. was he this kind of dumb guy <laughs> who, like... Just has this like out this exterior of like, well then it's interesting later when after everything happens where the the like um, the the head of the organization or whatever is like I've been looking for somebody yeah like that's you. what I was saying. like you yeah. said earlier like what does he actually look what is he actually seeing in this guy like he like he it's almost like being there <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like the movie is is kind of. Like, you know, yeah. you know, you know, in a strange way, it, that's. I think that's what I've been c- coming towards this whole time. Is I mentioned Forrest Gump, but it's not like Forrest Gump. It's almost like, like a less funny, yeah, like, more violent, like version of of uh, of Peter Sellers' character. Just kind of like there's guy. nothing there, so people can kind of project whatever. Yeah, they want. like the way that Peter yeah. Sellers just kind of moves through, in being there, and just kind of just like goes with whatever situation. Yeah. And he's kind of undeterred and, like, just kind of, like, ends up with things in his lap. Like, I feel like in some ways this Lee Marvin character kind of has this similar strange path. Like, he gets, sh- he gets shot. Yeah. Why doesn't he die? <laughs> Why doesn't like, he? Like, that's just this random thing where he's like, okay, well, like, like he's got to be kind of stupid to be shot, to be wounded with bullets... And go, I'm going to swim across the ocean to get back to California. But he does it. He does. That's what I'm saying. Even, like, he, he assumes that he can do all these things. Even, there's, a, there's a, like, part of how he, um, <clears throat> excuse me, part of how he, he gets up to Mal's penthouse room is that there's, like, this almost, like, slapstick thing where... The elevator door opens just when the two guards happen to, like, look away and be talking about something. Yeah. And then it closes before they turn back around again. Like, and in my mind, I watch that and think that somehow he's controlling it. You know, like, he's making all of these things happen perfectly because he's a mastermind. Yeah. But in reality, <laughs> is it just kind of this, like, you know, not in reality, but, you know, in reality, is it just kind of this thing where he's, like, just kind of in the right place at the right time through the entire movie... Yeah. It's so str- it's it's yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this conversation has surprisingly been mostly about point blank. <laughs> I know, I kept trying to derail it. I almost feel like you I feel like I I, I started I wanted to like talk about Clockwork Orange but I had nothing to say. <laughs> I feel like I did that just for the sake of like like trying to derail our uh Because that's what the other ones have done. Yeah, um, I feel like you know that's our shtick. Uh, is, there, is there anything else you want to you want to talk about? No, I'm good. Okay. So yeah, I I I, I feel like despite my urge for some kind of an ending flourish to happen, we're supposed to tell a joke at the end, then it ends. Yeah, that's what we keep waiting for, and there's no joke. So I I think I think we're just gonna. Call I think this it one ends night. with us like a dull fart. <laughs> Of a of an ending, no jokes, no jokes. Just, just a certain, je ne sais, blankness. Oh yeah, blankness. That's what I meant. <laughs>